One of my former students, Kathy Wells, talks about her amazing story on DaleWileyShow.com. Because there was something in the water in Springfield, Missouri. Hey, don't forget me. I'm Brenda Lee, and we're all going to have fun tonight on Oh God Jubilee! the Missouri Music Podcast, hosted by music fan and the founder of Slewfoot Records, Mr. Dale Wiley. So now am I talking to Kathy Wells? Good morning, Dale. Good morning. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm blessed as well. And so anyway, I want to have you on the podcast. Just talk about your life and your experiences and your struggles and how you overcome them. And so let's start by saying that I know about you because I taught you in sixth grade. Yes, you did. <laughs> Along with my mom and Linda Jensen. Yes. And so anyway, I know that at that point you had you were adopted and is that right from the beginning? So tell me about the rest of your family. Well, God blessed me with some very awesome parents. Okay. Um, and um, Deanna and Carol Wells. Um, Carol is no longer with us, but he is always with me. Um, uh-huh. They were very strong people. They took on four children, biological siblings, at one time. Wow. and. Uh, and a lot of people don't get that lucky. I have read stories and I have spoke to others that them and their siblings were separated during foster care. And I think every day, God, you know, you found some people that wanted all four, not just one or two, wow. but all four. And then the cool part is when the adoption was final, my mother found out she was pregnant. After losing two children at birth, the reason for her adopting children and ended up having a son of their own. So this woman is a godsend for everybody, and I still to this day don't understand how she does it. (laughs) But she had five at one time. Okay, and so how old were you when you were adopted? I believe... I was just turning four. Okay. So do you remember your birth parents at all? At the time, no. But since I graduated school and became an adult, I went and met my biological mother and all my dad's family and my mother's family in Florida. And I lived there for a while and started my own family. And then I moved back home to be with my family here. Yes. And so I know that, you know, as you've kind of gone along and grown up, you've had a lot of struggles and things that you kind of deal with 
regularly. And so tell me about those. So my first marriage was not the greatest. I am blessed to have children, though. Um, I experienced drug abuse. This October will be six years sober. Wow. Thank God. Um, it was a rough road. It really was. Um, what drugs? I was addicted to crack and cocaine. Oh, really? Okay. For almost a year. Okay. For bringing the wrong people into my life that I should have knew better. Yes. It happens <laughs> a lot of times. A lot of people have experienced that. But with being homeless, abused, and finding a church, I managed to get through it. What church was that? Um, I want to say it's Highland Park Baptist in Panama City, Florida. Okay. Brother Caps is an amazing pastor. The church okay. family there was amazing. Uh-huh. And uh, they helped me get through a lot. Definitely. Well, six years sober is a good is a good platform to speak from. Yes, yes, it is. And well, people was like, well, did you go through rehab or did you do? No, I did not. And it was all with God's help. Well, so tell me about that. What are things that people could learn from you on that point? Let me start here. I was raised in a Christian home, going uh -huh. to church. I have some very dear friends that were beside me all through my childhood and teenage years that never gave up on me. Um, even though I was taught right from wrong, I still strayed like we all do. Uh -huh. And uh, so I made some friends and was spending some time getting to know some family. And they're like, well, you're struggling with this and your marriage has gone, you know, down the drain and you're about to lose everything. Why not try this? It'll make things better. And I was like, well, why not? You know, God's sure. given up on me. Why not? Well, did, it wasn't the best road. God, okay, but why did you think that God had given up? Let's talk about that. Um, because I didn't follow the path that I had originally started. Um, uh -huh. And I didn't get to experience a lot of things as a teenager or a young adult that a lot of people do get to experience or choose to experience. What does that and, mean? Um. Like, you know, going and hanging out with friends or, you know, or trying things that you were always taught was wrong. And it always brings back something. I believe it was in the seventh or eighth grade. I was in Miss Scrubs' D.A.R.E. class. Okay. And one of my assignments was to write a report on marijuana and its effects of the body and all of that and swear before my peers that I would never do anything like that. Okay. And I think about that a lot. And I still managed to try it when I moved to Florida because a lot of people there do that. Sure, yeah. And I kind of laugh because I was 21 years old, you know, getting to experience what drugs were and what they had effects on and you know, the people I was surrounded with would drink from time to time or, you know, just get together and have bonfires and listen to music and all of that. And I was like, well, I never got to experience this, you know, so why not give it a try? Sure. And, like, put God in the back of my mind, knowing better, I still did. 
you know, kind of like a slap in my mama's face, which I have since <laughs> apologized to her face for. Sure. And, of course, to God for going down a path that I didn't think was the right one, unfortunately. Um, and I still struggle from day to day. You know, I can go places or meet new people. And, of course, they all have their vices, too. Um, and it's kind of cool. While I was homeless, I could walk down the street or I met all different walks of life. And and I feel like I could be a living testimony to somebody. You know, you can go from being in a Christian home and raised in church and totally go the opposite way. Sure. But somewhere along those paths that you stray... Somebody always, 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 always shows up at what you think is the wrong time. Okay. And it's not really the wrong time. They're just doing what they were taught and led to do. And so that's when I found a church and I started living right, even though I was being abused every day and dealing with somebody that worked just enough to drink alcohol and do what they do. Right. And I would pray, Dale, I would pray for years because I had walked away from my husband, my children. Uh-huh. Because I knew, you know, the drug life wasn't for me, but I sure. chose that. So I had to become the person I was taught and to be a stronger person for my children. And I prayed for months, Dale, maybe even years, that. Eventually, I would get my kids back because they were really young when I left. They were told a bunch of lies that, you know, I was really I sick. I was I, di- I was dead I was, by their fathers and other family members. Um, it caused me to have my biological family turn their back on me. It took my mother that raised me, Lord knows I love her, and mamas always say some of the worst things that, really hit home and my mom said you know I didn't raise you to be this way and I don't want to have to disown you but you know what you need to do Uh and from then on I started straightening up I went through homelessness and abuse and found God again and every once in a while I would stray away but he's always been there he always has I've always had friends and family that prayed for me here in Missouri Sure. that I didn't think still cared. And I want to give a big shout-out to my best friend, Tiffany, because she has always been there. She has always sent me some of the most amazing messages or inspiration. And when I moved back home the first time, she would drive from Bolivar to Aurora to take my son and I to church. And we sat and talked here pretty recently, and she's like, I've never quit praying for you and caring for you and hoping you would find your way back. Yes. And then she's like, well, this is what's going on with me, and I think that if you tell people your testimony that maybe somebody will get something from that. Yes. Because she goes, you've had a hard life. You you know, your parents gave you away when you were little. You had to be raised in a foster home. And a lot of people think foster homes are bad. Yes. Um, 
I do know that uh, my mother had told me once I was grown, you know, at some point the four of us were separated before we were adopted. Um, my youngest biological brother was, like, between six months and a year old. Okay. So they took him on first because he was an infant. Right. And then my sister and then my brother after me and then me because there was a family that just wanted me by themselves. Sure. And even though my biological father was illiterate and they told him some things that wasn't true because he couldn't read very well, um, okay. it was made known by both of my parents that they did not want to separate it. Sure. Which was amazing because, you know, some people just, it doesn't matter. But I am, like I said, I have strayed. I have, like I said, this October will be six years. I am so proud of myself. And so I, um, August of 2018. Okay. I received a phone call from my first ex-husband's daughter. Okay. My oldest son was at her house visiting, and we got the video chat. Okay. Which was amazing because sure. I figured my kids had believed everything they had heard. Sure. And sure enough, a couple of days later, I had found out that he was fixing to go into foster care. And I made a promise to myself many years ago that if the Lord allowed me to have children, that they wouldn't have to go through that. Sure. So for three days straight, I called Florida from Alabama to talk to the DCF workers and stuff. And they told me that on a certain day at a certain time, I had to be in a certain place. I was there to have my son tell me that he hated me and he wished I would go away and slammed a door in my face, which was really, really hard. And huh. after all the prayers and the hopes and the dreams that maybe someday I would have that opportunity to go back and try to fix things with my children, the deputy and the DCF worker made him come with me, and we've been inseparable since. Raising a teenage boy is one of the hardest things ever, especially in today's society. Yes. Um, because everything's so different than when I was a kid. Yes. So much different. And so with God's help, I'm getting through this. But since oh, being long? in... Go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, since being in Bolivar, I had reached out to the pastor and his wife that was at the church I grew up in in Crane, Crane Bible Baptist. Sure. And I had reached out to Brother and Mrs. Sharp, you know, hey, this is what's going on with me. I try to keep in touch, you know, see how they're doing and, you know, all of that. And Miss Elaine had messaged me one day, and she's like, well, there's this woman that just recently moved to Bolivar, you know, before you did. And she goes to this really amazing church. And I think y'all would get along really well. And I've never doubted since day one anything that these people have taught me or the people they have blessed into my life. Well, so the first, no, the second Friday I was here, 
I met this woman. Her name is Amanda Yarborough. Okay. And it's kind of a funny story. Um, we went for coffee at a place called The Well here in Bolivar. It's a Christian coffee shop. And we got to talking and sharing things. And we both went to the same church camp. At <laughs> some point, we both went to the Bible College in Springfield. And wow. one of my cousin's wives actually babysat her children. That's a lot of coincidence. I don't think yes. It's <laughs> and it was like, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to meet Amanda when we go to church. And then on Tuesday nights, her and her husband have like a devotional or life lesson class. And um, just yesterday, her and a bunch of the ladies from the church gather to do like scrapbooking and crafts for the women and the teenage girls and it was a blast i didn't think i had any kind of art skills and i didn't do too bad <laughs> but life has not been easy dale i mean it's it, it states you know life's not going to be easy you have demons and devils and satan everywhere you go People are going to judge you, make ugly comments because of your past. If you talk about being an ex-addict, people always look down upon you sometimes. Sure. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, you know, she's not a Christian or she doesn't live a Christian lifestyle because she's a, she was an addict. The key word there was, was right. an addict. Even though I was raised differently than a lot of people in this world, even Christian people wander away and get lost sometimes. They're that lost sheep on the edge of the cliff that doesn't know what's going on and thinking, somebody rescue me or I'm not going to make it. Right. But you know what? He was there, and I just wasn't reaching far enough. (laughs) Well, you know, what I remember is even when you were here the first time because you were in the area and then you were gone again and then you were back, and I could just tell that you were going through a lot of issues at that time. Yes, I was. Even though I was in church, I was staying with some family, which I'm glad because at the time I had, you know, no finances. I was having to have back surgery and all of that good stuff. Um, I like I said, I love my family, but there were some issues in the home I was staying in, and it wasn't working out. I had a friend from Alabama that had moved to Michigan and had started her own business and had offered me to come there and work with her. And when I got there, it didn't happen. So I was kind of stuck in Michigan with no family. Um, Who are they stuck in Michigan? That sounds cold. Uh, actually, at first it was, and then it turned off quite nicely. It was very pretty. They had a lot of things, but definitely a different culture, I guess you'd say. Yes. Um, as all as a lot of people around here know, I was raised around Crane and Galena and Wheelerville and all these small places. Yes. Um, to me, which was not considered city life by no means. Right. Um, not up to the latest fashion or social media or the newest song that came out or, you know, a certain brand of clothes or, you know, calling things certain things. And up there it was totally different. I mean, they had some of the same but yet different. Sure. And I ended up being homeless with my son there. Um, okay. Tell me about the homelessness. 
Tell me how many times that happened and how you got out of that. Well, with God's help, as always, um, that was the second time. The first time I was on alone, really. I didn't have my children with me. Okay. But when this time, um, when I left my family and I moved to Panama City, I was going to check into a rehab. Well, at the time, they didn't have room. Well, I stayed with an aunt that has a motel in Florida, and her her husband had decided, you know, that being I wasn't able to do a lot to help around, that I needed to leave. Well, I had made a few acquaintances. They had got me into a temp, uh, a temp job service, and I was working through this service at a Walmart. And uh, so I was doing pretty good. Um, eventually... I had met some people that were, at the time, I thought was right for me and was not. Sure. And they ended up moving out of the apartment that we shared, and it costed me my job. So I was literally having to beg for food and sleep in the woods and bathe in any way possible. Um, But the good part, I never went back to drugs. Never. I could smell it, and it would make me sick. So that was actually after you were you were you were on your journey to being sober at that time. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that, I was. That's incredibly amazing. So, yes. And so then the second time, your son was with you. Is that right? Do what? Your son was with you the second time. Yes. Right? When we were in Michigan, um, even though I had a back surgery in December, I had tried to get a job because I knew, you know, as a as a parent, it was my job to provide, to keep sure. a roof over my son's head. Right. Well, I had worked enough to pay for a motel for a couple of weeks. I had some friends, you know, that would help here and there. Um, it, I ended up losing my job because I wasn't able to do all the duties because of the back surgery. Um, so we had moved in to a shelter. And I was there not even a full week, and I had contacted some people back here in Missouri, and they're like, well, we can stay, you know, you can stay with us, get on your feet, find you a place, you know, get yourself stable. And as soon as I moved into my place, they disappeared. They, you know, they gave me things to get started with, helped me move a little bit of stuff in that I had. And I hadn't heard from them since, but I pray for them every day. And so now I am here struggling again, making ends meet, but God will provide. He always has, when I least expect it. Well, you know, and definitely have activity around up a lot, right? Yes. she, She not only spiritually, but as a friend, she has been a big help. The part that hurts is she's fixing to leave me and move back to Crane, <laughs> and I really don't like that, but we always stay in touch. We always have. You're not that far away. You're definitely not. It feels far away, but my mother and I still have differences, and I choose not to live that close. <laughs> okay. So, anyway, tell me a couple other things, a couple other kind of tips for people. What do they need to do? I have always said this, and I actually got to speak to my friend's oldest son, my friend that I go to church with. Her son, I actually got to meet him the other day, and 
he is three months sobriety. Um, and like I told him, even though he may have started that life a lot younger than I did, there's always hope at the end of the tunnel. You've yeah. always got people out here, whether it be family or friends of your family or even complete strangers, you know, that have heard he- this or that or whatever, that pray for people, that that say, you know, Lord, I don't know their situation, but I know you you can heal this problem. Sure. Show me how I can help in any way possible. It's all about helping others, isn't it? Yes. Dale, and let me tell you, prayer works. Prayer works so much, and a lot of people doubt that. They really do. Sure. And like I told Brian the other day, you may have been on this road a lot longer, and you may be less time sober, but there are so many people out here that are ex-addicts that can see it on TV or see it in public or walk somewhere and smell a drug or something that doesn't smell right. And in the back of your mind, you're going, man, that life was so fun and enjoyable and I got to meet these people or I got to experience this. In the end, that's what's in the back of your mind. But when you have been sober over a year, Let's just say a year. You can think back on, maybe I didn't like that person. That's a person that I wish I'd have never, ever allowed people to meet. Okay. And prayer works. It does. Whether it be your own or everybody around you. I have had people message me that I had made acquaintance with through Facebook that say, you know, I'm not sure of your situation, but I'm praying for you. Sure. And it means a lot. It does. It really does. Well, and like one last thing I'd like to talk about is it definitely seems like there's a real kind of attempt to use Facebook and other social media to connect and you know I really think that that is it's definitely something that helps people but also has its drawbacks as well. I agree. Tell me about connecting through in this disconnected world. What is that like? Um, It's nice to be able to reach people many miles away when you're not right here with them. Or, for instance, I have some uh, people I had met that were missionaries or their children when I was growing up that have social media pages and Facebook. And even though Facebook is not one of my favorite things, Uh you could share a meme or a quote or even just reach out to somebody that's many miles away and say, you know, I need a little extra prayer or, you know, I've got this situation going on. Can you pray with me about it? I definitely see at times that you're literally reaching out. I mean, and in a way I feel bad for doing so, but there are people out here that I believe really scroll scroll through Facebook 
to see these things. Sure. So they know what's going on in the world, especially with this new mess that's going on that's got this whole world <laughs> yeah. turned upside down. Uh-huh. Which, you know, when we were growing up, we never thought any of this was going <laughs> to no come care. out as quick as it did. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I can remember being in ninth, tenth grade learning how to use a computer. Now oh, yeah. everything is on a computer, literally. <laughs> Totally. Or if you don't have an email, you can't get in touch with certain people. And it's like, (laughs) what happened to pen and paper? I know. It's a totally different world. And I kind of made a funny the other day. And uh, I don't remember who I was speaking to. Um, Oh, a gentleman that I had an acquaintance with. um, He was at the Casey's. Um, Even though he's a little older than I He's been through a divorce. You know, he doesn't get to see his kids. So, of course, guess what he did? He turned to things that were not right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so he battles with that. And the first words out of his mouth was, thank you for acknowledging me. And please keep me in your prayers. Yeah. And I said, that's not a problem. Because at one point in time, that's what I was saying to people. Please keep me in your prayers. You want to say it all the time. And I've had a lot of people say prayer don't work. Prayer brings you a long way, Dale. It does. It's clearly about I might, you a long way. Yes. I might not read my Bible like I should. I will admit that I'm not the best person to read my Bible or devotional every day. But I pray. Well, Yesterday, I reached out to my friend Todd that I had met at the store. He has been like three or four days sober. He has found a job and is getting a trailer given to him to put on a piece of property that he had bought. That's a good start. That's That's what I told him. I was like, and I'm going to continue to pray for you that things get better. Definitely. Because that's the whole goal is just keeping getting better and being six years sober. That's a very great start. And like I was telling my landlord the other day, I was like, you know, I'll be 38 in August. I have never been able to say, hey, I pay my own bills. Hey, I do my best to keep food on the table for me and my son. Sure. Being divorced twice. You lose hope in humanity sometimes that there's decent people out there. And I I joke with Tiffany all the time. I was like, no decent Christian man would want somebody that's been divorced twice that's an ex-addict. Nobody. But you know what? I I woke up this morning realizing if God decides to bring me somebody, I'll accept that. But until then, all I need is him some good friends and my children and church, and I will do amazing. That's the key. That's the key is just letting, just listen to God and letting him direct you instead of you directing yourself. Yeah, because you know what? Your mind tells you some pretty funny things sometimes. Yes, you're right. And, you know, that devil is constantly in your ear. You know, this is the way you made it before. You could do it this way again, you know. (laughs) And you're going, no, I can't. 
because that road took me somewhere a little further and more dark. Exactly. Got to keep it up. Got to keep your eyes up here. We got to, especially in today's society, because all that bad stuff is right in front of your face and people don't realize it. Exactly. And so anyway, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast, because I just think that you've got an amazing story and you definitely told so many things that people need to hear. All I can say is find a good church home. If you don't, get you a Bible and read. If you don't understand, reach out to somebody. They will help you in any way that they possibly can to help you understand things. And always, always pray. It helps. Well, thank you so much for being on, Kathy. Thank you for allowing me to. Oh, yes, definitely. DaleWileyShow.com. 